Amen. Amen. Welcome to church today. Welcome to church today. I'm so jacked up today. I got I to gotta, I gotta get right to the point because we got a lot of stuff to do today, but I'm glad to be back. If, if you're a visitor, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of The Rock. I've been gone for three weeks, and I went to Singapore, went to New Jersey and Portland, and it was awesome, but I'm, this is home, so I'm glad to be home. Uh, amen. Amen. We want to welcome all our campuses out there and all the people watching online. Let's give them a big hand out there. God bless you all. Before I pray, um, um, the, I have in my life um, used multiple, countless exercise programs, diets, fasting, you know, lifting weights, running, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the ones that worked the best were the ones that I did. <laughs> exercise works if you do it. Are you all following what I'm saying? Um, what we're going to start today is a series about the courtrooms of heaven. And how you operate in prayer in the heavenly realms. If you do it, God will bless you and change your life and change your perspective. But if it's just a, you know, hey, the, the throne looks good. I'm going to go get one in front of my house and, you know, I'll come every other week and whatever. Then it's just going to be church as usual and, um, you know, you won't get anything out of it. But if you do it, if you listen, if you pay attention, let God... Open up the eyes of your heart to understand what he's doing in the heavenly realm and what, and what you engage in without even realizing it. Your prayer life will change. Your, your, your relationship with God will change. Your perspective on who you are will change. Amen? Let's get on, let's get on our knees. Amen. Let's get on our knees and pray. I'm going to read something to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and all the campuses out there. It says... Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glo the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe. Lord, we need to understand what we don't understand. Open the eyes of our heart that we may see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, say hello to someone next to you. Give them a hug. Amen. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. Get your Bibles out, church. <laughs> One, two, three, say word. One more time, church, say word. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, New Testament. Colossians chapter 2. I spent like 40 hours on planes uh, in the last two weeks or so, um, and whenever I fly, I end up talking to somebody about Jesus. And when I look at the person next to me that's seated next to me, I go, mm, you in trouble. <laughs> and I, 
talk to all the flight attendants as well, and sometimes I'll trap them uh, by the food area where they, they have that little thing. And um, so one day I was, had this stewardess trapped, and it's not really trapped, it's, it's just a figure of speech. They're standing there, and I'm standing here, and I'm the only way they can get out, and I don't move. So <laughs> however you want to describe that. And so I was talking to her, and she was actually blessing me because she was a new Christian, but she was learning some crazy stuff, not crazy, amazing stuff. And when I was walking back to my seat, she, she was like a few rows ahead of me, and she said this to me, but I was, because I was a few rows back, she kind of not yelled it, but said it out loud. She said, before you pray for anything on earth, you need to get a verdict in the court of heaven. And I was getting in my seat, I literally, it like hit me, and, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to learn what that means. And when I say the Holy Spirit said, anytime we just did a series on prophecy and, and the importance of understanding the voice of God. And whenever you, God speaks to us in different ways, sometimes it's an impression, sometimes it's a vision, sometimes it's a small, still voice. It's always 100% consistent with his word. It's always consistent with what he's doing in your life, what he wants you to reveal, his character, his love, etc. And so I felt this impression, find out what that means. So I've been reading about that. When Jesus died on the cross, his death on the cross was a legal transaction. All of us live under the umbrella of a spiritual legal system. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying the legal penalty for our sin, the penalty required by the Father, which is why he died. And when we pray and when we operate in the spiritual realm, which we are every single day, we are engaging in a legal system. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. In other words, when we're sinners, we are spiritually dead. He has made us alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now let me read verse 14 in a different translation. It says, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements against us. Another translation says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. When Jesus died, he was fulfilling and satisfying a legal requirement for death for your sin and my sin. Over the next six weeks, I want to talk about the legal system in heaven. I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit can guide you through the courtroom of heaven. I want to talk about the legal access the devil has to accuse you before the Father. I want to talk about what God has written in a book about you before you were even born, that God wrote in a book about your life and what, how he would gift you and what he would call you to do. Now, to give you context, I'm going to give you a bunch of terms that are found in a court system. And before I do that, I want to just give you a highlight of what's behind me because I'm going to explain this later. But as you're looking at it, I just want you to give you a highlight of what's behind me because all of this stuff has to do with a court system. You have one, the judge. I want to say judge. We're going to talk about that later. You have a mediator. Say mediator. 
That's Jesus, by the way. He's our mediator. You have a counselor. Say counselor. That's the Holy Spirit, by the way. And then you have this sweater, which represents us because we are seated at the right hand of the Father. Can I get an amen? Amen. We have the blood of Christ that speaks better things than Abel's blood. And then you have a book. And we're going to talk about all this in a few minutes. You have a book that documents God's plan for your life. You need to know what's in your book. Let me read these terms. Let me read these terms. These are terms that are all uh, related to a court system. And all these terms are going to be uh, are in the Bible. And probably I'm going to refer to all of them, most of them today, but definitely throughout this series. But all of this will be in a court system. How many of you have ever been to court before for any reason? You've been in any kind of court. Raise your hand. It's a horrible place. Unless you work there, it's a horrible place. When I mean I buy a horrible place, it's just scary. I hate, I, you know, I, I've been to court and all that stuff. And, I've been, and, and the only good part was one, last time I was at court, I had to go be a witness on a trial. And I sat down and the, and the judge goes, hey, if you miles, how's the charge? And he started talking about football. I was like, okay, great, good, I'm good. But, uh, <laughs> but let me read these terms and then I'm going to read some scriptures just so you can get your mind focused on the fact that there is a judicial system in heaven. It's going to be a lot of information, but I pray that God will quicken your understanding. Here are some terms, all in the Bible, but also in real life. Court is seated. Law is established. Judges are in place. Judges judge. Justice is established. Judgment is rendered. Innocence and guilt is decided. Bribes are offered. There are counselors, mediators, an accuser. The devil was up here a few minutes ago. We're going to bring him back later. I just didn't want him up here while I was speaking, but he's going to come back later. He is the accuser who accused and the accused, he accuses us day and night. There are agreements and contracts. By the way, we have agreements and contracts with the devil. We're going to talk about that in a minute. There are accusations. Charges are made. Witnesses give testimony. Witnesses give, give sworn testimony. Cases are prepared and cases are pleaded. Complaints are made. Vindication is granted. Hands are raised in oaths. The innocent is acquitted. Truth lies, liar, and murderer. People testify. People, multiple witnesses are better than one. Books are open. Pardons are given. Sworn testimony is given. Arguments are made. There's a magistrate, a lawgiver. Lawfulness is determined. Deeds are determined. Justice is perverted. There's an officer, a prisoner, and death penalty is executed. All of that's in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 33, it says, the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our law giver. Proverbs 17, 23, a wicked man accepts a bribe to pervert the ways of justice. Job 23, Job answered and said, even today my complaint is bitter. In verse 4, he says, I will present my case and fill my mouth with arguments. Job 13, 18, see now I have prepared my case, I now know I shall be vindicated. When you pray, you need to go to God with your case. In other words, God, I, I want a new job. Well, why? You weren't faithful with the last one. So tell me what's different. Don't just go willy-nilly, I'm, I'm saved and everything. Just give me whatever I ask for. There's a, there's, a, there's a system. It says many times the prophets would present their complaint to God or God would present his complaint to Israel in the context of a court hearing. He would bring Israel up on charges of unfaithfulness. 
Joel chapter 3, verse 21. For I will acquit uh, acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed, whom I have not acquitted. Micah chapter 6, verse 3. O my people, what have I done? This is God speaking. And how have I wearied you? Testify against me. He says, listen, what have, this is God speaking. What have I done that you shouldn't trust me with everything you have? Tell me. This is God. We're in court. Testify. Give me your evidence that, that, that justifies you not trusting me. I don't want to talk about what you feel. I want to talk about facts. When have I ever been unfaithful to you? When have I ever given you reason not to surrender everything to me? Never. This is God speaking. Testify against me. Uh, Micah 7, 18. Who is God like you pardoning iniquity? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23. This is God saying, I have sworn by myself. I've sworn on my own character. Behold, I will lift my hand in an oath to the nations. This is God speaking. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, it says, I saw a great white throne and, and him who sat on it, from whom the presence of earth and heaven fled away. And no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. There were books and another book. There are many books throughout the Bible. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books. You have a book. You have things documented about you, gifts, opportunities, purpose. Paul says, I press on that I may apprehend what Christ apprehended for me. And it says books were open and people were uh, judged according to the things written in the books, according to their deeds. The sea was given up and the dead who were in it and the death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them and they were judged, everyone according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was written in the book of life, a different book, he was thrown, thrown into the lake of fire. Number two in your notes, the courts of heaven are where prayers as legal arguments are deliberated and decided. You can go to, so many of you have, many of us I should say, have prayed for things over and over again. And one of the reasons that they're not answered is because they're tied up in lawsuits. What does that mean? Well, we're going to learn more about over time what lawsuit, but I will tell you one lawsuit is that you're asking for God to bless you when you have a direct violation of the very uh, sin you're asking for. You're saying, God, please forgive me if he says you haven't forgiven this person. So there's a problem. God bless me financially, but you're not tithing so the windows of heaven are never going to open on you until you do what you're faithful. Because God, there's a legal argument against you. And too many times we think, well, it's a, it's a, it, it, we live in a, uh, a, I've been saved by grace, so I can just do whatever and get whatever. That's not what grace means. Grace means that God set up the rules and all you got to do is by faith ask and, and, and he will forgive you and walk in. Now you got to walk within the guidelines of his righteousness. Let me keep going. Can I get amen? Daniel chapter 7, Daniel sees a vision. Daniel sees a vision of four pagan kingdoms that are going to oppress God's people and then he sees a vision of court in heaven where a decision is made in court in heaven to overthrow those kingdoms. Where a decision is made in court in heaven to overthrow the Antichrist. Let me read it. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9. It says, I watched till thrones were put in place. This is actually after he saw these four pagan kingdoms. I watched as thrones were put in place in the ancient of days God was seated His garment was white as snow. The hair on his head was pure wool. 
His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. And thousands, thousands ministered. Everyone say thousands, thousands. That's a whole lot. And then it says 10,000 times 10,000s. Say 10,000 times 10,000s. All y'all know that's a whole lot. It's countless. Court was seated and books were open. Chapter 7, verse 25. Speaking of the Antichrist, he shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change times and the law. And they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and a time and a half. But, I want to say but, court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. Let me give you eight characteristics about the court behind me. Now, understand when every time you try to depict something in heaven, you fall short. There's a lot of stuff up here that obviously this is not what heaven looks like, obviously. It's not what the court looks like. So forgive me if you're like, well, isn't the Holy Spirit a dove and how come he's a chair? And, you know, you know don't get, it's, it's fine, it's fine. He's not a chair or a dove. He, he, he's a spirit, okay. He just, he's, he has characteristics of a dove. He's very, very, um, by, the way, by the way, a dove will only rest on you if he feels comfortable. The Holy Spirit is like trying to get with you, but you're kind of awkward. <laughs> Letter A, you know, God as judge makes legal verdicts in the court of heaven. God as judge. Now, why I say God as judge? Because you have God the Father, he acts as a father. You have God as deliverer, he acts as a deliverer. You have God as a healer, he acts as a healer. You have God as a, as a savior. This is God as a judge who gives legal verdicts based on righteousness. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. God as judge is not judging you based on his whim or you messed up yesterday so now he's mad at you or you didn't do good enough and you have to earn it. He doesn't base on your earning it. He, based, he loves you based on his own grace and love towards you. And he can't change that. <laughs> we had a men's event yesterday and a guy was uh, 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 pouring his syrup on his pancakes and the top of the, the, the syrup bottle fell off and all the syrup just gushed on his pancakes and he blurted out an MF exponential. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. And you know what, you know, the, the men did, oh, brother, we'll fix it, it's okay. You know, God said, hey, come, bro, let's, let's talk about that. It's okay, big fella. Versus saying, oh, God is going to hit me with lightning bolts. Now, am I saying it was okay? No, God doesn't want us to say that stuff. But he, he judges us according to his righteousness and mercy. So when you come to him, if you've messed up and say, God, I've messed up, he's going to go, yeah, let's work this out. Because that's what he already decided he will do. He doesn't love you because you're white, black, rich, poor, educated, live in America or some other country. He loves you because he made you in his image and he has decided to pour his overwhelming love on you based on his righteousness. That's a good thing. Let it be. Jesus as a mediator gives us access to God. 
Jesus as mediator gives us access to God. First Timothy 2.5. This is awesome. There is one God. Everyone say one God. And one mediator. Say one mediator. Between man and God. Guess what? You don't have to guess. If you read in the inquire, there's a, a, some prophets out in the desert and, and it's in, the, in New Mexico and you want to go out there and there's a portal into heaven and all. No, no, no. There is one God and one mediator, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom to be testified in due time for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying to you, a teacher of the Gentiles in the faith. This is good news. When you come to court, you know there's one God who's going to judge things, your prayers, your requests, your desire for restoration, your desire for transformation. He's going to judge those things and your requests according to his righteousness and truth. Mercy and grace go out from him. And there is one mediator. And guess what that mediator does? He brings us into the presence of the Father. You don't go on your own. You can't go on your own. Look at number C in your notes. We are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Watch this, watch this. Here's, here's God and here's Jesus the mediator. And you see your sweater right here? This is us. We died, so it's just our clothes. <laughs> and when God looks at his son, he sees us. You're not over here coming to the court going, oh, please, mercy on the court. I'm scared, I'm scared. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I come to the throne of grace with boldness because I'm sitting in Christ. And Christ's love covers me because he died for my sin. So as I'm praying, I'm like, Father, he says, oh, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, your sins are forgiven. You're seated at the right hand. Of, by the way, the right hand of authority. That's where you're seated. You need to know that. So when you go and pray, you're not praying fearful. You're not worried about, is God going to bless me? Or maybe I shouldn't ask because I, maybe I'm asking for something too big. You probably ask for something not too big enough. Because God wants to do, and the Bible says God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. So whatever you ask for, God's like, that's all you got. Letter D, the Holy Spirit guides us through the courts and helps us pray the right prayers. When you come to court, Father wants to render verdicts on your prayers. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. You are in a good place. But you want to come and know that the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. The Holy Spirit there is there to tell you what to pray for. Look what it says in, in, in Romans chapter 8. And I want you to think about it in this context. When you come to court, do you know what's in your book? Do you know how the devil's... Attacking you, which we're going to get to in a minute. I just didn't want him out here. But we're going to talk about how he attacks you. So the Holy Spirit is there to help guide you. That's his job. So when you get up in the morning and you pray or whenever you pray, a lot of times we're just praying out of our head. We're praying out of our fear. We're praying out of our stress. And we're praying, God, God, please help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and, and you're worried about stuff when, you, when you, realize, you don't realize that you're seated at the right hand of the Father. Let me ask you a question. If you knew, if you, this thing has wheels, so I'm not really, I don't want to skate across the thing. <laughs> Imagine you sitting here and Jesus is all over you. The Father is lightning and bolts lightning and angels singing 10,000 times 10,000. You have a book of amazing things that God predicted for you to do. And you go in there, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
And, the, and everybody in the court was looking at you like, why are you tripping? We're all on your side. Look where you're sitting. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you, when you come to court, Holy Spirit, help me understand what this means. Look at, look at the, look at, and we'll talk, next week we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we do not know what we should pray for. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. Watch this. According to the will of God. You know that God has a plan for my life? He has a plan for your life? And you know what the Holy Spirit's praying? That plan. Not praying anything else. You may be praying something else. Dear Lord, I want to marry that girl. That girl is, she's already married. <laughs> the Holy Spirit ain't praying that. Never will. Never will come in agreement with that. <laughs> but you're praying that, right? <laughs> Imagine if all you said was, Holy Spirit, tell me what to pray. I don't want to pray anything else. I don't want to desire anything else. Psalm 37, 4 says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Here's what that means. If I just say, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you, guess what? The desires that God has will become the desires of my heart. Not, I want five Mercedes, I want five Mercedes, so dear God, I love you, I love you, five Mercedes, five Mercedes, dear God, I said that my Mercedes, no, that's not what that means. Letter E. Next week we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Letter E. I just got to say this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will have you pray for something that's so big, you will hesitate to pray it. Because you just can't believe it. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to give it the secret next I'll tell you next week about that. I don't, don't want to spoil it. Let it eat. The blood of Jesus speaks redemption, forgiveness, and hope. In, um, in Genesis chapter 4, Cain, Adam and Eve's son, killed his brother Abel, Adam and Eve's son. Cain killed Abel. God said to Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Basically, is he my responsibility? And God said, mm -hmm, so that's your answer. Your brother's blood cries out from the ground. Your brother's, brother's blood cries out from the ground. By, by the way, one of the things about the animal kingdom is when we see how the animal kingdom operates, we get a glimpse and a hint and realization that there are ways to hear, see, smell that are far beyond our ways to hear, see, smell. In other words, when you realize that elephants hear through their feet. And when you see an elephant raise one foot off the ground, he is pressing the other foot on the ground to listen to subsonic sound in the ground to ele other elephants miles away speaking through the ground. That's a fact. Are you all following what I'm saying? Whether you get that or not, that's, again, I don't have time to explain it. Uh, uh, but, but, but it is true. I, 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 I'm running out of time. I'll give you one more illustration. A shark can smell a drop of blood a mile away in the ocean. I don't know how that works, but you and I can't do that. You try to do that, you drown. You get what I'm saying? So... Abel's blood is in the ground crying out, and God hears it. And God hears the condemnation of his brother 
Watch this, Hebrews 12. You have come, uh, verse 22, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable company of angels. I want you to imagine the courtroom. Innumerable company of angels, 10,000 times 10,000, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. This is all what we're talking about in, in, in heaven. And then it says, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and the blood that speaks better things than Abel's blood. Abel's blood spoke condemnation. God's blood, Jesus' blood, speaks forgiveness and redemption and renewal. So when you are sitting here at the right hand of the Father and you come to God and you are covered in the blood of the Lamb and the blood is screaming, I've forgiven them. I am renewing them. I have a new life for them, a new star for them. You are forgiven and you are accepted by God sitting ahead at the right hand of the Father. That's a witness to you in heaven. Why is all this important? Because when you come to heaven, you need to understand the leverage you have. You're not coming here judged guilty. Now, unless you're, if you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, then, then yes, you are. But you can fix that because guess what the law says? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, he will accept you and seat you right in that chair. You don't have to come with money. You don't have to come with, I'm going I'm to prove myself. I'm going to earn it. He says, no, I set it up where my, my son already died for you. He paid the price. Let me keep going. Two more. Letter F, God has documented a prophetic testimony of our life in a book. Uh, your life was documented. Psalm 139, 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, skillfully wrought in the lowest, lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, verse 16, and in your book. Everyone say book. They were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Before my days started, there was something documented. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you and I are his workmanship, poem. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared beforehand. You, the only thing you need to fight for. Is what's in that book. Who are you? What's your purpose? What's your destiny? Your book is your is God's prophetic testimony <laughs> of your kingdom purpose. We just did a whole series on, on, the, on, on being a prophet. When God speaks something, then he brings it to fruition. If you submit to God, he will bring your book to life. The Bible says Jesus was the flesh was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then it says in John 1.14, the Word became flesh. You and I need to bring our book into the flesh and live out what he has. You need to know if, if there's anything you ask God every day, please listen to your prayers every day. If you pray this, dear God, please bless me today. You know, I have a hard day and I just need this, I need this. Forgive me. Stop. Don't do that first. Do this first. Holy Spirit. What's in my book? For the rest of your days, Holy Spirit, what's in my book? What am I supposed to do? Who am I? How am I gifted? 
Remember, he is the helper. We're going to talk about this next week, the Holy Spirit. That's his, one of his roles in your life is to reveal to you your book. Can I get an amen for somebody? Come on now, come on now, come on now. Okay, letter G, two more. There was a cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. <laughs> He's a little early, but that's okay. Come on, come on. <laughs> give him a boo, yeah, give him a boo, yeah, give him a boo, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the other campuses can see him and make sure. Let me read this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's a list of people who were faithful. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Sarah, Enoch, Abel, Adam. It says, all of these having obtained a good witness, good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Let me read chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great, great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run the race with endurance. What does this mean? Is that the efforts of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. What they did is part of our journey. What they did by faith Never seeing Jesus, never receiving the, pro the full promise. We are part of their journey and they are part of our journey. We are part of each other's journey. We are not in it just for ourselves. There's a great cloud of witnesses cheering for us. And lastly, it's Satan. Satan, our accuser, brings charges against us day and day. Night. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven, salvation and the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of our, his Christ have come. For the accuser, everyone say accuser, of our brethren who accused them before God day and night. In a few weeks we're going to talk about the devil and his legal access to bring accusation against every single one of us. Unfortunately, it's true. And the reason that he's here is not only because he's in the Bible, but the reason he's here is because y'all brought him here. I brought him here. Why? Because every time we sin, we have a legal contract with the devil. You have an agreement to trust him versus God. You have an agreement. I'm not going to tie because he said I don't have to. I'm not going to read my Bible. He said I don't have to. I'm not going to go to church every week. He said I don't have to. That's okay. I'm, I can have my cake and eat it too because he said I can. You have a legal contract. And when he comes before God, he brings that contract. And here we are praying for one thing. And the devil says, oh, what about this? In a minute, I'm going to pray. And here's my prayer is that all of you in here say, you know what, I, I just need to, one, break up those contracts. We need to do this. And I'm going to do a whole sermon on the devil, but I, I can't resist this because it's such a powerful thing. If you can identify one contract you need to break. You say, Holy Spirit, reveal something to me because I, I, I want to come to court. And I want you to guide me, Holy Spirit. So I'm praying for what's in my book. 
that I understand that I am seated at the right hand of the Father, that, that, that I'm in Christ, that the blood covers me, that there are ten thousands of ten thousands cheering for me, praying for me, that the Holy Spirit is guiding me, praying for me, that the Father loves me, and that there's one adversary over whom I have been given authority. And I'm sitting here tripping. And instead of tripping, I'm going to walk in victory and faithfulness and power and anointing in my life. So I'm going to ask all you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because some of y'all just need to walk out of your old mentality. You need to walk out of coming to court. Praying aimlessly, not even going to court or coming here fearful that God's going to hit you with lightning bolts instead of saying, no, I am going to the throne of grace with boldness and confidence because God loves me, has forgiven me, has covered me, has anointed me, is cheering for me, is supporting me, has given me all authority in heaven and earth. Pray this prayer if you would like to walk away from a small mentality. There was a lady who had two dogs and she was a multi-multi-millionaire, tens of millions of dollars, and she died and left all the money to the dogs. So the people who were taking care of the dogs had management of her house, big house, and the dogs. And all the money was to be stewarded for the dogs. And when they died, they, I think the money went to a, a dog kennel or something like that. But the, but the people didn't get it. It was all for the dogs. And the dogs were walking around filthy rich, eating Alpo. I wonder how many of you are living like dogs that are filthy rich. That you're in heaven and it breaks God's heart to see you on the floor scared of him when he loves you so much. So it's a very simple prayer. If you could just close your eyes and bow your head. And as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, we're going to do a little different today. If the spirit of God is encouraging you right now, I love you, I love you, I love you. I want to forgive you. I want to encourage you. I want to use you. I just want you to just get up out of your seat in all the campuses. If you're saying, I, I want to walk in my authority. I want to understand my authority. I want, to, I want to be forgiven. I want to have more anointing on my life. I want to understand my position in the courts of heaven. Just get, get up out of your seat. This may be vague to you, but that's okay. You just feel an unction. I need more in my life. Just get up out of your seat and all the campuses. God bless you. Just come on down. We'll just walk right down here to the front. Walk right down here to the front. We're not going to spend time doing altar calls. We're just going to have you walk down, grab the person with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on down here right now. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Just come out of your seat. Come on down to your seat. Eyes closed. And all the campuses, just get up out of your seat. God bless you. God bless you. Get up out of your seat. Get up out of your seat and come down to the altar. God is stirring you and you're saying, I want more. I do not want to live a defeated life. I don't want to live a discouraged life. I want to live a victorious life, an encouraged life. God bless you. God bless you. If you're in the balcony, just turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down. Come on down. People are getting down here on their knees on their own. Come on down. Come on down right now. Get up out of your seat. Come on. Get up out of your seat. Lord Jesus, I pray for victory. Lord, there is an unseen world that can be seen. There is an invisible world that can be visible. There is a spiritual world that can be physical. I pray that you bring us into that spiritual world, that we are made in your image so we can walk in power anointing with clarity about what you are doing in our life, what you have called us to be, what you have called us to say, how you have called us to, to, to minister to other people and to be encouraged. Mostly we need to be victorious over our own life and the lives in our life. So I pray for these people who have come down in all the campuses. I pray you bless them with clarity 
courage, power, boldness. Lord, I pray we stop believing lies. But Lord, like I said in the very beginning, you can have an exercise program, but if you don't exercise, it's not going to do you any good. You can have a prayer strategy, but if you don't pray, it's not going to do you any good. Lord, we have another, a month and a half of this service, this is a series or so. And I pray we would come faithfully, that we would read these verses every day, that we would pray faithfully, that we would go to court every single day. Go to court every single day, knowing we are seated at the right hand of the Father, and say, Holy Spirit, what's in my book? Holy Spirit, what should I pray? Holy Spirit, what am I being accused of? Holy Spirit, I don't need to waste a lot of words. You love me. You've forgiven me. I don't need to earn it with a lot of words and yelling and screaming. I just lay my life down at your feet. Rock family, stop living the way you're living. Stop striving. Lay your life at the foot of the cross. God loves you. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I pray for these people. I pray you bless them. Something happened. They got on their knees. Something happened. Something happened. I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I'm going to ask all y'all who are down here just to stand up. And we're going to have you come to the right and just walk out this way. Let's just do it. Let's not clap yet. Let's have them just walk out. Just walk out that way. Just walk out that way. God bless y'all. Everyone lift your hands towards them. God bless you. Lord, I pray you bless these people. I pray you give them vision they never had. Come on, give me a high five. The vision that they never had. I pray you give them freedom they've never had. I pray freedom from depression and anxiety and healing of cancer and broken relationships and broken hearts. And I pray that you would anoint them as evangelists and teachers and ministers, that you would give them prayer language, that you would give them vision, that you would speak to them and prophesy over them and prophesy through them. Lord, we waste so much of our time with garbage, but you have blessed us with heaven. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May thy will be done in our life as it is in heaven. May we speak as though we are in heaven. May we live as citizens of heaven. Stop living the way you're living. Stop living the way you're living. You can put your hands down.